0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Source of Truth podcast. As we are continuing in our study through the book of Proverbs, today we're going to be looking at at Proverbs chapter 18. As we look at three different uh, verses, excuse me, I mentioned as we've been studying through the book of Proverbs that a lot of times uh, the the verses don't always come in context. Sometimes that Proverbs is well known for different verses having different individual contexts and thoughts and things of that nature. But the application we're going to look at today is very much practically fit to the area that all three of these verses really work well together for some great, great truths. And so in Proverbs chapter 18, we're going to begin our looking, our, our, our study today in verse number 10. So let me read the three verses we're going to look at. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The Bible says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and is a high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is Humility. When I look at this, uh, the first thing we have to do is we have to go back and look at verse 10 to get an understanding of the context we're looking at and that application, then we can flow with it with the other two verses. So in verse 10, he says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower.'" Let me explain what it means by the strong tower. Uh, in Bible days, in in historical days of warfare, uh, a tower was a very important thing. You see, uh, we don't it's harder for us to understand, especially in American culture today because we really outside of 9/11 haven't really seen war take place on our in our land for year, for a long time. Uh, Revolutionary War, Civil War, we saw that take place on our on our land. but recent war doesn't do that. World War I, two, Vietnam, they were all off proper, all off of our land and other places. Our philosophy is, you know, protect us, our 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 interests in other lands, and so our wars right now are in Afghanistan, Iraq, the Middle East, places like that, places that we believe, due to intelligence, are danger to us, and, and and likely are. So we sit in a in relative peace, and so we don't really understand what this means ourselves but in the bible days they understood that in the historical days when there was war it took place in the backyards or in the in the villages it took places in the cities where people lived and so what would happen is they the city would be sieged or people would come and attack the city and obviously the all the people who could fight or part of the war would go fight and those who couldn't the men and the women and children and women and children would go and they'd run into these towers And these towers were there to protect them from the war. They would block them up and protect them and so they could run for refuge. And so in the midst of these battles, these women and children and those who could not fight would go to these places for protection while the warriors would go fight. And that is the premise in verse 10 of this strong tower. So now we'll go back to verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And it says, the righteous runneth into it and is safe. So let me just talk a little bit about this. The name of God is often used, the name of the Lord, uh, that I phrase that term is so important. It's used so often in Christendom today throughout scripture as well. You know, we don't find our strength in religion. We don't find our strength in church. Uh, we don't find our strength in preachers or pastors or movements or anything of that nature. We find our strength in God. You know, the world looks at it as religion. Well, I go to this church and I believe in this position. You know, it's God, it's Jesus who makes that difference in that distinction. It's not me, it's, it's not my church, it's not my religious belief, it's God. And I'm afraid too often today, we miss the point that we need to come to God. Number one, for salvation. And you know, too many people today, I think, frighteningly put their trust of eternity into church. They put it into baptism. Uh, they put it into, I go to church and I gave money or so-and-so gives money on my behalf. And I think my good, it works that way, my bad works. And as much as none of those things are wrong, none of those things will get you to heaven. And then, and then the preacher says, "Well, maybe if you're good at ways bad, maybe you'll be accepted into heaven." Do You know, there's nowhere in Scripture that says that. You can take some Scriptures and twist them, but none of it says it. The Bible, Jesus says in John fourteen, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." Says in Ephesians two eight nine, "For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." In Titus chapter three verse five, "Not of righteousness." not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. And I think the thing we miss is simply the fact that we come to God in salvation. We must come to him in his name, accepting it, calling upon it, acknowledging our sin, turning from our sin and coming to God for salvation. That is salvation. That is what we can find our strength in. And let me tell you, friend, if you're putting your strength in church or in a religious belief system that where man tells you, do these things and you'll be okay, there is nowhere in Scripture that backs it up. There might be place in church tradition, but nowhere in Scripture. And when you stand before God, frankly, I say this honestly, God's not going to care about the traditions of men in church. God is going to care whether or not we followed Scripture. So I encourage you to, if you've not come to Jesus, this is what you need to do. Then he says, but the righteous will run to the name. You know, we live in a crazy time today, don't we? You know, as of today, on Thursday, uh, no, I mean, November uh, 5th, we still don't know who has won the election. Uh, and we may not know for a few days. We may know by the end of the day. We may have the, it's going to be announced before I finish recording this. We don't know. And we're afraid if this person gets it, all this could happen, or if this person gets it. And yes, there's truth. There's truth to the fact that whichever president gets it will be a very, very different direction moving forward for our country. And we pray that God will give a production that is friendlier to church, friendlier to religion, friendlier to Christians, because one side is not. But God's in control. So no matter what happens, and we can get panic over riots and panic over COVID and panic over all these things. And I encourage you in all of these times, may we not find our strength in anything else but the Lord. The Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous people will run to it and are safe. May we run to it, run to his name, run to his word, you know, run to his, his truth, run to the word of God in prayer, run to the church, run to places where we can find the answers from God's word. In John one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Bible that God has given to us is that needed thing and may we find our strength and help in it let's go to verse 11 though he says the rich man's wealth is his strong city and as a high wall in his own conceit you know I think what I see here is a great continued application from verse 10 we know the name of the Lord is our strength and our strong city but in verse 11 the rich man's wealth is his strength it's his strong city he builds it like as a high wall in his own conceit. He's convinced that his wealth will be enough to help him in the day of battle. You know, in the days of war in those days, people could lose it. You come in, they kill you, they take your wealth. It's gone. Uh, people thought that their wealth would be a way to not be in war. We do the same thing today. You know, wealthy people feel like they kind of, uh, none of the true va- issues of today will hurt them. It's the one benefit, if I can say, when you think of things like coronavirus. It is not a respecter of persons, and it doesn't care how much money you have in the bank. It's actually similar to Jesus not a respecter of person. it doesn't care how much money you have in the bank. This is, but, but unfortunately, too many people today find their strength and their solace in their finances. You know, throughout the years, I have uh, knocked on doors, invited people to church, witnessed to people uh, of dif- different points of view, some of them wealthy, some of them middle class, some of them poor. And I tell you, when I, when I get to people who have more money in the bank, I am much quicker turned away, much quicker people say, I don't want to th- I don't need that. Uh, they're not often rude. They just, I don't need that. I'm good. I, I have my money. I have this. You know, I know religions for people who don't have other things. And, and unfortunately, too much of the word religion is true in that area. We're talking about Jesus here. And too many people find their strength in finances. But can I tell you, have we not learned anything this year? It couldn't be long before it's all gone. And when it's gone, where's your strength? When your finances are gone and you can't pay your bills and you can't pay your mortgage and you can't do this and you can't do that, where's your strength, where's your safety? It's still in Jesus. If you put your trust in your finances, and when it's gone, there's nothing there. It still should be in Jesus. Jesus. But let me go on to verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty and before honor is humility. See, here's the the other thing we run into. Okay, so we've got the name of Jesus is my strength and finance is often where the wealthy man put it, but this is a generic to everybody. Uh, before my total destruction, my heart is, is proud, it's anger, it's haughty. I'm okay. I'm okay with my, my finances. I'm okay with my ability. I'm okay with my goodness. I'm okay with my spiritual level. I'm okay with all of those things. But before destruction, that is my heart. But if God's going to bring honor, there must be humility. Humility is not, okay, I'm not that great. Humility is my realization that I must come to God and I must be right with God. And I must keep my, confess my sins before God. And I must follow God and walk with God in the name of Jesus. That, that's, that's humility. And I am afraid we miss that too much today. And I was thinking of um, a, a verse that was uh, quoted in the Wednesday night Bible study we did. And, and it's, it's a verse you hear a lot on revival. Second Chronicles, I think it's 714. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. But you know, it's interesting. There's a phrase in there that has stuck out with me that I, in my life, in our our, our church, in our our Christian church today, in America today. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, so Christians, he's talking revival does not come with unsaved getting saved. It comes from Christians being right with God. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Well, if I do those three things, God will reveal to me things that I need to change. And then he says, and turn from my wicked way. It's interesting that God doesn't say there, acknowledge my sin. God does not say there, confess my sin. God does not say there, okay, recognize the sin and go to God and admit it, and whatever, and or continue to live in my sin. God says, Turn from my wicked way. You know, it's interesting. In Hebrews, we're told uh, that we're to lay aside every weight and a sin which easily besets us. From that phrase, we get the term we often use, our besetting sin. Simply, sin we know is there that we allow to be part of our lives because the Bible tells us we can set it aside. But I wonder how many of us have gone and we use scripture to do this. We say, you know, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me. We're sin abounds, grace more abounds. It's all true. It's all part of grace and I'm grateful for it. But as Christians, I wonder if we don't use that to say, well, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'll ask God to forgive me later. There is a heart matter to it. By the way, in John, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, confession is agreement with God. How can I agree with God if something wrong and continue to think, do it and think that it's okay? That's where God says is it more in revival, more what our country needs, more what our churches and our families need, more what we need, is less acknowledging and confessing sin. That's a personal thing. We must turn from our wicked way, recognize the sin, and acknowledge to turn away from it. That is what God is saying. Because then will I hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land confession is great, acknowledgement is great, but if I'm not willing to acknowledge it and turn from it, my heart does not change. I can be right with God, but I'm not walking in the right direction. I'm not following God. You see, when I do this, when I humble myself and pray and seek seek his face, serious, serious conversation with God, he will acknowledge to me what I need and I will recognize it. I will get it right. Then I turn from it. Where do I turn back to verse 10? I run to the tower of the name of God. That's my answer, that's my strength. Let me encourage you, if you've never come to Jesus for salvation, you need to do that. Not to church, not to religion, not to baptism. By the way, I think we should be in church. I think you should be baptized. I think you should be involved. I think you should be serving. But those things in and of themselves do not bring salvation. In and of themselves, they bring religion. And religion is empty outside of Jesus. For those of us who have been saved, I ask us, are we running to Jesus as our strong fortress? Are we living in humility before God? It's not always easy, but boy, it's a great, great truth. And may that be something we do. Humbly allow God to speak to our hearts and teach us and train us. And in doing that, give us the grace we need to be able to deal with the battles that come our way. Thank you for taking time to join us on the Source of Truth Podcast. We're greatly appreciative of your willingness to be part of this. If you have not subscribed on iTunes or Spotify or things of that nature, I encourage you to do that. Share this with your friends. We greatly appreciate that. And uh, we truly hope it's an encouragement. And I hope you'll join us again next time as we continue to study the book of Proverbs and continue to find wisdom in a great needy day. Thanks for joining us. God bless.